Hello and welcome to A Million Media to Consume Before You Die. If you're trying to speak an iambic pentameter, then you're already fucking it up. That's more like a freestyle. I, I just wanted to inform you about. I mean, whenever you think I'm trying to speak an iambic pentameter, just know that I'm not trying to speak <laughs> an iambic pentameter. So, this is... Know, I'm playing 3D chess over here. And you're playing checkers. <laughs> okay. Maybe even 4D chess. 5Ds even. <laughs> how many planes of existence can you play chess on? That's how many I'm playing. <laughs> okay. This is so, so dumb. Okay. I'm just gonna say that... And this is a show where we pitch to each other the shows that we've watched... This, or movies. Or movies. Or books or music. Or music that we experienced this week. And we try to upsell it to them and and uh, depending on our uh, elevator pitches, they put them on the list of a million in as high as possible or as low as possible, depending. Yep. And then we're closing in on a hundred, right? We're at sixty something, so we're at 85. What we are? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought so we were at we're, 60. I think this episode <coughs> will get over 100, right? Oh, you named nine things, I named three things, so... Well, no, you named two things and I named six things. Well, yeah, right. And then but plus this, this. This, right? So we won't, but we will eventually. In the next episode, which will be a very Let's... special one. All right. So yeah, you can, you can start because I kind of want to end mine. So I should do all of mine? Yeah. And I'll, and I'll end with mine because... Maybe, but maybe I want to end with mine. My, my book, my special book that I read. That could be a whole nother episode of me explaining that whole series to you. I kind of want to do that. Okay, fine. You can have the, you can have the last one. I'll do two, though, first. Yeah, right. You'll do two first, and then I don't really have a lot to say, because <coughs> one's a comedy. Right. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Okay. And I think it's really funny. Horribly so, racist. Some of the race issues. But, I mean, it's still <coughs> not, like, if you watched it, like, it's... It's not like... They're not making fun. They're, they're not punching down. Okay. They're punching up. Towards other races? Towards, like, NFL owners. Because they have a whole subplot where uh, the one character, who's uh, Native American, but she's played by a white actress. <laughs> but that's sort of the whole thing, is that she, like, made herself over. Okay. And then she's trying to get the Redskins to change change their name. Okay. And then... Well, so this show, the plot is uh, this young woman, Kimmy Schmidt... Mm-hmm. Uh, was kept uh, in an underground bunker by, like, a crazy guy for years. All right. And then uh, she gets out, and she moves to New York City. Oh, is this, like, Room? Sort of. Like, what if Room was, like, really funny? <laughs> okay. Because then, like, she doesn't have any, like, she has a bunch of dated pop culture references. And she's, like, she's an adult, but she acts like, I don't know how old she was when she was, like, abducted, but... All right. Cause that's she how... says things like fudging crap and stuff. Because and... that's how, you know, aging works. Is, yep. that, is that you just stay the same age once hey, you're separated from society. Comedy. Okay. 
I mean, I can, yeah, all right, fine. And then, so she moves to New York. She gets a roommate named uh, Titus Andromacon, and he's an aspiring actor slash uh, singer. I mean, he's got the name for it. Yeah, and he's also, like, really lazy and mm -hmm. really mean. Okay. And he's the funniest character on television today. Okay. And then, uh, she has a friend. The first season, she works uh, as a nanny for the... Uh, for Jane Krakowski, who's the Native American. Okay. The not Native American. Native American. And then, so then she's just her friend in later seasons. Her rich friend. Okay. And then, uh, she also has a landlady, played by, uh, Carol Kane. And she's, like, a weirdo. Okay. So those are the four main characters. Mm. So no white men. Very progressive. Okay. Three women. It's usually one woman and three men. Wow. Tina Fey doing the work. Because Tina Fey is the creator. Okay. And then she also... Harbors some secretly racist shit. <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to say she also plays a couple roles on the television. <laughs> and it's really funny. And there's a lot of funny characters. Some... some Someone tweeted that, like, it tends to kind of peter out. Like, the first six episodes are usually, like, really funny. And then the back six kind of... So it's really strong and then it's just like, oh, there's not... Well, we still have six more episodes yeah, left. Yeah, and then they usually try to do some sort of like season arc. And then those stories usually... Suck? Yeah. Okay. Like the first season, it's a trial for the guy, like the kidnapper guy. Right. Who's played by John Hamm. And he's not very funny. Sorry. And then the second season, like she's looking for her mom. Mm. And then the third season, I mean, that's the best one, but I don't even, she doesn't really even really do much. Mm. Well, she's going to college in the third season, and that's kind of her thing. Oh, yeah. But it's really funny. They have songs like, uh, it's a song from the sequel to the Spider-Man musical, Spider-Man 2, Too Many Spider-Men. Oh, it's yeah, just a this bunch is a musical, right? Sort of. Well, because Titus sings songs sometimes. All right. And then he does his own uh, version of Lemonade. Okay. When he thinks his boyfriend is cheating on him. Okay. And then he also, he, uh, he gets hired to record, like, a bunch of, like, like, awful, like, conspiracy, like, conservative songs. Oh. And it's like, yeah, it's stuff like, like, he has to do, like, the backup vocals, and it's just stuff like, Benghazi! And, like, stuff like that. And then... <laughs> The final song, the guy asks uh, Titus to sing because he's like, I don't have the range for it. And then he like sees the lyrics is like, oh my god, this man's a monster. <laughs> and then the song is called Boobs in California. And then the whole song is just like, yeah, boobs in California. And then he's like, oh my god. And it becomes a huge hit like, with the meathead crowd. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's a really funny show, and everyone should watch it. And second... And ignore all the racism? Yeah. Okay. Well, would you say that it's distracting? No. It's just... A lot of the time, it's not fun. Because, like... Or, like, uncomfortable. It's not even uncomfortable. It's just kind of... Dumb. Okay. Well, because, like, the joke is... Like, the big one is, uh... She has a boyfriend in, like, the first and sort of the second season. Oh. And he's... I think he's Korean. 
Okay. And his name is uh, Dong. Right. And then, so that's like the joke, that his name is Dong, right. and that's like a term for penis. Right. But then apparently he says that the name Kimmy, like in Korean, is also like penis. Okay. So she's like, and you know, it's sort of embarrassing to have a, like a boyfriend with the name Dong. And he's like, well, what about me? Your name is Kimmy. And then it's sort of like a, but I don't know if that's like true or not. I'm not very sure if that's true either, but. If it is, I think that's good. If it's not, I think that just kind of makes it worse. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say no, because there's a, there's a pretty famous uh, Korean in, uh, in both the Koreas. Called Kim Jong Un or Kim Il Sung or but not Kim E. Eh, I don't and know. Maybe he's not Korean. Maybe he's like Vietnamese or something. I don't know. But in like in the end, like it's still an English format for an American audience, so mm-hmm. it's still not the it's. There's a false equivalence here, and it's also just like a really <laughs> dumb joke. Yes. Then, then they like make. I think that was just like he was in an episode, like because he was just in her like GED class or something. Right. And it seemed like it was just gonna be a one-off joke, but then like he becomes her boyfriend, and then mm. they're just kind of saddled with the fact that they had his name be Dong. So it's just. Yeah. And it's somehow like better and worse at the same time. <laughs> like, yeah. It's... Yeah. Okay. I don't know. But that's none of that's in the third season, which is the season I watched. So okay, all right, that's fine. All right, well now second show, Grimm, NBC show. It just ended after six years. Uh, it's a show. It's sort of it's very Buffy-ish. It's from one of the people who created. Or is it based on that comic series? That no. Okay. Okay. The well, yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's a guy, and then he uh, discovers in the first episode that uh, he. Uh, descends from a family of Grimm's, and they're people who are able to see that some people are Vessen, or kind of like monsters. And then, like, because he can see their, like, real face, like, their monster face underneath, and then no one else can. Oh, he uses special sunglasses to see them, right? No, he just can okay. see them <laughs> sometimes. But, like, if they get, like, upset or something, like, he can see them, uh, Vogue is what they call it. So when they're like face changes. Oh, okay. And then so it's him and he's a detective in Portland, okay. like a police detective. And then so it's basically a monster of the week show where okay. whatever crime he's investigating kind of ends up being Vessen related. Okay. And then he also has a friend or well, some it's... friends who are Vessens too. Mm. Like one's a, a blue bod, which is kind of like a wolf. Right. And one's um a... Uh, like a fox kind of thing. All right. And then... Well, like, is there is there a moment or is there an episode where they solve a crime and it's just a human? And and they're maybe. like, maybe humans are the real I monsters. Think so. It's weird that sometimes <coughs> they do, like, explore, like, these th- kind of themes. Like, one of the last episodes in this season, I think, like, the last Monster of the Week one before they did, like, the big finale was, mm. like, what happens when Vessen... Like, uh, like, get dementia. Okay. And then they just start... Because they can also just vogue to normal people if they want. And then they can also... Like, they have, like, powers based on, like, whatever kind of vessin they are. Yeah. So, like... 
what happens if there's like uh like a werewolf with dementia that's just going around like killing people but they don't know what they're doing mm. so then there's another kind of vessin who's sort of like a mercy killer that you can call and come and he'll mm. like kill them for you okay and it's sort of the whole thing of like, they, I think, eventually decide that, like, they don't, like, they can't arrest him for it. Because it's sort of something that needs to happen. So they kind of come out pretty pro-assisted suicide. Or not even that, like, pro-euthanasia. It's not pro-euthanasia. Pro I'm like, it's not pro-assisted suicide, because it's like... No, cause... but it is because, basically, they all have a pact, like, with each other that, like, if this happens, I want you to... Oh, okay, like, fine. call this guy. Alright, fine. Alright, that's, that's cool. Then there was another one. But, so there is a human case, or no? Probably. I don't really remember most of the episodes. Because, just... because I think that would be one of the more better episodes. That's be like, like... A, definitely like, I know the X-Files did that one time. Yeah. But that was like, it was like the one time that Mulder thinks it's just a normal one. And mm. Scully thinks it's something supernatural. Like, of course, that's the one. Because Mulder yeah. always has to be right. Yeah, Mulder... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he's always right, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's... Yeah, there's some... Mm. That where, yeah, they think it's like, well, this could be this Vessin, but it turns out it's... It's a human? Yeah. Okay. Or it's like... The murderer or the person murdered was a vessin. Yeah, like the, the victim he, was human, the vessin, yeah. and then mm -hmm. the and then the human was the like was the murderer. Okay, yeah. And then it's sort <laughs> of the season arcs were you are usually pretty good. Like there's one like it involves a, a character named uh, Baron uh, Samedi, and that's sort of that I think is sort of like almost like a folk character. Like he's like a zombie. Like, okay. King of the Zombies. And so they have, like, a zombie arc. And then there's things like... There's this royal family that, like, wants to take over <coughs> the world, sort of. Yeah. But then in the later seasons, there was, like, a group of extreme Vessen who, like, they wanted to take over the world. Okay. And then there was, like, a group that, like, was fighting against them. And it was, like, weird and, like, high-tech stuff. Mm. And then this final season eventually is like the main bad guy is like basically the devil but like a vessin devil okay and i kind of like the ending i think <clears throat> other people sort of fans sort of they didn't like it and it it sort of involves a kind of cop-out kind of ending that might involve sort of time travel slash kind of Maybe, like, it was all a dream kind of thing. Mm. But only for this season, like, not the entire series. But I liked, I thought it was a satisfying ending to the show. Like, and it's always been, like, a good show. And it's never really, it's never been great, but it's never kind of fallen off a cliff. Okay. Like some other shows have, so. Oh, it's been going on for six years, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it probably would have just had to have stayed in the middle. Because... Nothing really that good could stay on for that long. And, yeah. Well, I mean, Once Upon a Time is still on. But see, but that's a show that I'd say probably the good parts of Once Upon a Time are better than Grimm. 
but it also has like entire seasons that are just horrible where Grimm never had like a terrible season. Okay. Except maybe like the second to last was the closest and even that was <coughs> And it's probably cuz it always had the kind of monster of the week to fall back on. Yeah. So they never got totally like consumed by their own mythology. Right. They kind of had to like piece it out slowly. Right. Yeah. So it's good. If you like like Buffy or Angel, it's basically kind of an update of that. Okay. Oh, and just to bring it up, because these kind of shows, it, it has the weird sort of supernatural rape kind of thing going on where it, but it's, because you could say like, well, this is sort of like not allowing consent but, like, in a magical way. Like, all right, so here's the scenario. Uh, the guy, he has, like, a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. But then someone else, like, does, like, a spell that makes them look like the girlfriend. Yes. And then they have sex with him. Okay. So that, like, is that rape? Yes. But at the same time, like, that is a scenario that can't happen in real life. So I feel like that sort of is almost insulting to someone who's actually been raped, they go like, and that's rape too. It's like, it's something. I don't know if I'd want to call it that, though. I would say it's rape because you're kind of not getting, like, consent from them, so. In, a, in the way that, like, would be, there has to be, like, an understanding Like, once upon a time, that. does the exact same thing. And it's, <laughs> and it's not treated as that? No, it is. But in Grimm, it's really not because he actually kind of falls in love with the person then, and then oh, it's okay. a whole thing. Okay. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. But then in both the shows, the person is getting pregnant too. Because it's always a woman tricking a man. So then it's like a crazy pairing because they have to be parents together with a baby. But oh no. The baby daddy. They're enemies. Oh. Okay. So Grim, yeah. Okay. A good ending to a, a good show. Or was it a good show? Okay. Yeah, like I said, like a good, not great show. Okay. So, I've been watching a show that I kind of been hearing about over on Twitter and, and basically random uh, communities that I've been a part of, and... It's a show called Kimono Friends. So, I spent, I guess, a while watching this show, and it's 12 episodes long, and, uh, and I've been posting my, what was it, post-episode commentary for every episode, and... And uh, I specifically went to the community that that really likes this show, basically the subreddit of this show. And it's an anime, kind of. It was directed by Akiyuki Tatayama, and it's a part of a studio named Tatsuki, who has done Yaoyorozu Tessagure Byakutsumono. All right. I don't know any of those shows. <laughs> but this... Uh, but. What they do is um, CG, computer graphics, and it's all 3D models and stuff. 
and yeah, it's it's not it's not pretty. <laughs> it's in fact probably one of the ugliest shows I've ever seen. Because it's very difficult to make something 3D look good in, like, CGI. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to make things look bad. So, uh... So the, uh, the animation is very stiff. It's very much like, this needs to go to this point, so it's going to just transition to that. Um... How did I say this? Everything's stiff because hair... Does it move, <laughs> like, or, like, clothes don't move properly in, like, a way that you would expect them to? Or, like, yeah. And and that's, like, a frequent occurrence of the, of the show. There's a lot of loose-fitting stuff on, that are on the characters' bodies. And, and when they don't move in a way or sway in a way that, that you would expect it to, it kind of breaks you out of the immersion. But yes, about the story, though, a particular character named Caban, which is translated as bag in English, but uh, this character named Caban wakes up in, in a savanna, and she gets pounced on by a anthropomorphized um, serval cat named Serval. And she explains to uh, the... Uh, Kaban that oh you're you're in uh you're in Japari Park which is a uh what was it a, an amusement park or slash zoo uh th where the main attraction is anthropomorphized animals and and uh yeah she does and she's like oh okay <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> And then Serval asks her, oh, what is I've never seen a friend like you before, because that's what they call themselves. The, they call themselves friends, the, the anthropomorphized animals. What kind of animal are you? And she doesn't know. I'm a human being. She doesn't know. So she's like, oh, I don't know what I am. So let's... And then they decide to go on this journey to find out what, what animal she is and what, what her habitat is. What, what is her area? Because they go through the snowy mountains area and the rainforest area. <laughs> There's just like where different uh, anthropomorphized animals are like live in. So, yeah. But like, but a, along the way, they see these kind of monsters that are like these blob like monsters. And they're they're called ceruleans. And they look like, and they're very, they're very blob jelly-like monsters. They look really weird and alien-like. And oddly enough, you don't really see humans around because, and everything's, everything seems to be in a state of disrepair. It's like, but, you know, nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, whatever. So are the blobs people? No. Oh. I know that I phrased it like it was, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, that's not the case. Uh, but uh, yeah, in, in the middle of the uh, park, I guess there's or one of the central locations of this park, which is a giant island, uh, is this volcano area that has this kind of crystallized cubic structure 
called the Sandstar, and essentially what that does is turn animals that touch the Sandstar into uh, anthropomorphized beings. And like, and we kind of discover more about it and what the Ceruleans have to do with that and where, and where the humans are throughout the story. So basically it's a very post-apocalyptic adventure uh, that uh, goes through kind of like an abandoned uh, park. So yeah, and uh, every episode... Uh, our hero, Kaban, she, uh, generally she finds this problem that, that the episode, that, uh, that episode's animals are having an issue with. And then she says, oh, why don't you do it like this? Or I thought of an idea or let's make this tool to help you guys out with this. And then like, oh, she saves the day for a lot of them <laughs> or figures out something for them. And they're all thankful for it. And do, do you know what this is a setup for? <laughs> what? Oh, well, it's basically that, like, oh, she's using her human capabilities to solve their problems, is what it is. Mm -hmm. That's basically what happens throughout the story, is that they solve a problem that's, that, an, that the animals are having, and or they fight against the Cerulean for a bit. The intro theme is really catchy. I really like it a lot. It's it's a sing-along type of uh, of song and it's fun. They also get um they're kind of these screens that that come in uh every time it cuts to commercial, the show. Mm -hmm. Uh those are called eye catches and uh for every eye catch they have like an interview with a zoologist or something that and they basically talk about the animal that's guest starring in hmm. the in that current episode so is this like a kid show it pretty much is but it's a little more nuanced because there's a little bit of a mystery going on like what happened to all the humans and why why do none of the animals recognize humans like they're in this park they're obviously being taken care of by the humans why is it that they don't know about them. And uh, yeah, so Serval and Caban are traveling throughout this uh, park and they get random messages from their robot tour guide from this apparently human person named Mirai, who's, uh, which is a word for future. And uh, yeah, she basically talks a little bit more about the relationship between humans and friends and the Ceruleans. And eventually how to uh, defeat them, the Ceruleans. I think it's a pretty fun story to kind of explore. The There is the big, big issue about how it's presented. The CGI is mm -hmm. very ugly and stiff. And I just can't say that enough. It's very stiff. <laughs> and the mystery is kind of interesting about, like, you know, just what the hell is going on and why is it happening. Uh, but once it's unraveled... There's not really much to be said. There's no greater theme to it, is what I'm saying. There's not much that's actually revealed by the end. Like, we still don't know what happens, uh, what happened to the humans. And we get inclinations about, oh, well, where is, where is this Mirai character, like, that we've been constantly getting messages from? Eventually, at the end, they decide to travel outside of 
the park or outside of the island and to explore the other islands that are near them that are also a part of the park. Just how big is this is this attraction? <laughs> there's a lot of uh, interesting characters. Like there's a lion that acts as like a shogun, and she mm-hmm. and she kind of hosts her own pride of of a sort of different animals, and they all follow her around because they see her as their leader. And she's like, ah, it's so annoying that people keep doing this. I just want to be lazy for the day. And uh, it does end on a bit of a cliffhanger. It's more like, and the adventure continues type of thing. It's They do mostly solve all the problems that they have in the first uh, season series. But, in, like, but if there is a second one, I would like to see... A greater conflict between humans and animals because uh in certain points of the show there's uh Kaban uses like fire to uh to do things i guess and then like the animals are kind of scared of it like and it's just like oh is this gonna set up for a thing not this season not this series maybe later yeah, the reason why I got into this is because it kind of just blew up out of nowhere. And I just thought, huh, this sounds interesting. There's also this uh, the story about like a penguin where zoos in Japan are getting more popular or popularly visited lately. And it's because of the show. So they put like cardboard cutouts of like certain characters in the uh, in the dens of the of the animals that they represent. And... One of them was like a penguin, and the penguin, and a, a real life penguin, kind of likes the cardboard <laughs> cutout, and and just kind of hangs around it all the time, and treats it as, and he's been trying to do mating calls to it, so it's like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah, that's why I got into it. That's why I was like, oh, I, I should probably watch this now because of that. If you can get past the ugliness of it, it kind of is actually interesting. But by the end of it, there's not really much to be said. I think it's uh, uh, something about enjoying the journey, but not necessarily the end. And I wrote a really good analysis. I think it's very good post-episode analysis, analyses of the series on the Reddit boards. I don't know. Were they well-received? A lot of them liked it. I did, and I also did recommend them to, like listen to this particular episode so then uh they would know my final thoughts over the entire thing so yeah it ain't bad <laughs> and i want and i would like to see more of it and since it's gotten so popular i think there's a big question about whether or not they should keep the horrible looks of mm-hmm. it because it's kind of there now (laughs) so it's like do we just like do continue to do it like this or do you want to like actually animate it better also there's lots of uh, hints of yuri which is always fun okay so are you ready i've been i've been kind of stealing myself for this moment all right i read a book (laughs) shocking i didn't think i'd ever read a book ever again it said spade zero yeah that you didn't read i half read the first one okay anyways go on 
Uh, Alright, so there's this uh, author. Her name is uh, Caroline B. Cooney. Uh, she's a young adult fiction writer. Uh, mostly like thrillers and I think some like sci-fi and stuff. Uh, is there. this like the ghost stories type of thing? Well, I forget what the... There was like a whole series of books and it was like had a television thing too. And it recently had like a movie with Jack Black in it. You mean Goosebumps? Yes. Is that it? Sort of. Well, a few years above Goosebumps. Goosebumps. So like so it's like a little Fear bit Street. <laughs> like Arlstein's Fear Street. Okay. So, so the... she's one of those kind of authors. Okay. She's like like a Christopher Pike okay. or a like a Lois Duncan or something like that. Right. So uh, she wrote a series of books. Uh, they don't really have like a technical title. It's either the Janie Johnson series or like the Face on the Milk Carton books. After the first book, which is called The Face on the Milk Carton. And now, I read almost the whole series again. Except I didn't read the I didn't reread the first book. Like, I read these books when I was in, like, fourth grade, right. I think. So, they were just on, like, a shelf in the, in the so teacher's are, room. So, are we reviewing this as separate books? I think... Or are we reviewing I'm this as do, an entire thing? I'm going to do a quick... Recap, because you have to know what's going on. Okay. And then, because she just wrote the final book, like, two years ago or something. Oh, okay. So I read it. So we'll put that one on the list. Okay. So, <laughs> and it's about a girl. Mm-hmm. Her name is Janie Johnson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she has a pretty good life. She lives in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I guess her parents are sort of, like, middle, upper class, I guess you'd say. Well, hold on, hold on. If this is a young adult novel series, and she spent... 20 years. See, no, I'll get to that. Okay. It's some, there's timeline issues. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Especially, well, particularly just with the final book. Well, okay. and then, all right, so, girl, she's sick, 15. <laughs> she's like 15 going on 16. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and she's in, she lives in Connecticut. She, uh, she rides horses. She plays the flute. She loves going to school because she can see all her friends and her boyfriend named Reeve. Mm-hmm. Who is literally the boy next door. He lives right next door to her. And mm-hmm. he's a couple years older. Okay. And he's like the perfect guy. Okay. And then... Except he's a murderer. No. But okay. then... But he all... He does some bad stuff a little later. But okay. Then, so this is the book I didn't read. Reread. So I'm a little fuzzy on the details. So... Uh... And then... Recently, she, uh... I think she's been, like, diagnosed as, like, lactose intolerant or something. So she can't have milk. Okay. But then uh, one day at lunch, she has, like, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, you need milk with that. So she steals her uh, best friend's milk. And then her friends have names like Adair and Sarah Charlotte. Like, you know, it's very, like, it's very Connecticut. Mm. And then... Um, <laughs> And then, uh, you know, there's like a missing kids photo on uh, the milk carton. And it's her. Yeah. And she's, and it's her. And she's like, what? Like, I'm, I'm not kidnapped. Like, I have two parents that I love. Like, what's going on? And then, so the whole first book is her basically like trying to figure out what's going on. And her boyfriend helps. And then his sister, who's, I think she's a lost student 
in the first book and she's a lawyer like in later books okay and then so they're like investigating <coughs> okay and then so there's like a double twist in the book because first it's revealed uh her parents Kidding are me. actually they're older than the rest of the parents so that's kind of weird but you know whatever they just you know they had a baby later in life okay but then uh no it turns out that they at least they say well actually uh we're your grandparents uh we had a daughter uh, named hannah uh like years ago and you know she was always sort of a strange child or you know she had trouble making friends Mm. and then uh eventually in college she joined a cult and then there's all this, you know, and then so she left the family, and then they tried to get her back, and then she left again. But then one day, uh, she showed up with this uh, little three-year-old, and she says, oh, this is Janie, this is my daughter, and I don't want her to be raised in the cult lifestyle. I want you guys to raise her. Okay. And they're like, okay. But then, they're like, oh, but what if this cult, like, they've had, like, dealings with this cult, and they know, like, they, like, have like, these lawyers and stuff, and they're, like, they're gonna try to, like get custody of this girl and we got all that we can't let that happen so they uh changed their name their last name was uh javinson so they changed it to johnson and then they moved to connecticut and like and don't tell like anyone what they're doing so they like have new identities okay so they can you know not be found by the cult and then they raise her as their daughter i feel like people kind of simplify this a little bit too much changing your identity yeah the whole the book does have some and then the whole thing just about like it's a cult and then yeah in the second book they have like a couple chapters where they just like explain what a cult is and i sort of skimmed over that part in the reread so okay so it's sort of like the whaling sections of moby dick yeah <laughs> you just you can just skip over them mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter <laughs> It's like, I know what a cult is. You don't need to tell me. I don't care about whaling, so I don't have to read it. <laughs> All right. So, and I think that almost satisfies her for a while. She's like, wow, that's like kind of like crazy. But, you know, I guess, I don't know. I guess like my real mother's searching for me or something. It's like, oh, but no. Turns out uh, the girl, she's actually uh, Jenny Spring. And she was kidnapped when she was three years old uh, by Hannah. And then uh, dropped off at Hannah's parents' house to be raised by them. And she really has a real family in New Jersey. And then so the first book ends with her uh, calling, like, the family. Okay. Which is weird. Because, you know, when you put, like, a missing person on a milk carton, I mean, do they just say, like, and then call the house if if you know where they are? Like, I feel like, no, they'd say, like, maybe, like, call, like, the FBI or call, like, yeah. The cops? It is It is the cops, yes. But on this, it's just, she just gets a direct line, and she just calls them up at the end. Okay. And then, so the second book... Well, hold on. Um, so that doesn't make sense in the real world. That, well, like, yeah, but... Because they just be getting a bunch of random calls of people going like, Oh, I love milk! Well, hold on, hold on. What, I, what, I'm, what I'm thinking is, relatively... When was she kidnapped and when, when she did she... was three. And when does she see the... When she's 15. And they have a picture of her... When she's like three. And she knows that's her. Yeah. Okay. Because I think... And then it's something like she's like, wait, like I like... That looks like me. Like, I think I remember that dress that I'm wearing. Like, that's weird. Okay. Okay. So just... And then the whole... St- the book is like... They sort of <laughs> say like, well, the only person like 
Because they said, well, what's the point of putting it on, like, 12 years later? No yeah. one's going to recognize it. They're like, but what if she saw it? And it's like, I think if I saw myself, like, in a picture as a three-year-old, I would... I, w- I don't know if I'd recognize myself. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I, I... just because I've seen, like, pictures of myself as a three-year-old, but... Yeah, but it's like... I don't know if, if I would look at it and be like, oh, hey, that's me from, like, 15 years ago. Yeah. But still, it's an interesting concept for a book. Just, you know. I mean, well, what if, well, what if the, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it is. But then a lot of the drama in the first book and sort of the rest of the books is that she's, like, she loves the parents she grew up with. Right. And doesn't, like, want to hurt them and, like, rip their lives apart. So it's sort of, like, does she even say anything about it? Or does she just leave it alone because her life is good now? But then she decides that she has to make sure, like, tell the family that, you know. She's Your daughter alive. is al- is alive and not, you know, wasn't murdered as a three-year-old. Right. And so the second book, called uh, What Janie Found, which was my favorite when I read them the first time. So I just okay. started with that one. Okay. Because I had been listening to another podca- uh, podcast about young adult fiction, and it sort of inspired me to revisit. Okay. Like, this is basically really the only YA series I really read, I think. I sort of <laughs> jumped right from, like, kids books to like Stephen King I didn't really have a oh I had a I had a bit of a YA period I read a Harry Potter yeah I guess that I mean I read that but um Artemis Fowl yeah I read that but I'd almost it's weird that I'd almost consider that like but it's weird because I think most people read like YA when they're not like teenagers like they read it when they're yeah when they're like like, 10 to 12 yeah yeah and there's like one more that I was thinking of. Something with the lion. Narnia. Narnia. <laughs> I think those are just straight. Narnia books. Narnia is bad. But um But that's Lord uh, of the Rings. But then Lord of the Rings is like yeah. real fiction then, right? That's Lord not, of the Rings is is very much real. It's But then I'd say like well, cause there was no such thing as like YA when Chronicles of Narnia came out, right? I don't think so. But it's at this point it would be considered as YA. I think I spent most of my childhood just uh, reading different versions of the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, actually. <laughs> so I was much more steeped in, like, in a historical um, wartime fiction, or fiction slash nonfiction stuff, like the Biggie and other things. All right. Well, now, the second book, what Janie... F- oh, no, what... Whatever happened to Janie? <laughs> I might have been saying what Janie found. You did but no, say what Janie found. The second, that's the fourth book. Okay. The third book, the second book is called Whatever Happened to Janie? Because that's what the author, she originally was just going to write the one book, but then she's like, but the people kept asking, like, well, whatever happened to Janie? So she's like, all right, this is what happened to Janie. And then, so she has to move back in with her uh, real family. Right. In New Jersey. And it turns out that they're not her real family either. No. <laughs> See, it's like not a lot of things actually happen in the series. Okay. Like it's mostly just like the drama of okay. like the family drama. Okay. So it's a little different from especially, what you would expect from yeah, the Yeah, especially adult. the second right. book. It's basically her just kind of trying to adjust to living with this family. Mm. And she has, suddenly she has uh, three brothers and a sister. Mm. And then they live in this, like, small house because they didn't want to move, like, just in case. I don't know, like, 
somehow she remembered her address or something. Okay. So then she has to share this small bedroom with her sister. And, you know, and then they're all calling her Jenny. And she's like, but my name's Janie. And then she misses her parents. Like her, the parents who raised her. Yeah. And her boyfriend. And then mm-hmm. that's sort of that whole book is just kind of okay the drama. And I really liked that. Because it, it let it simmer? It didn't... Yeah. Didn't be like it wasn't like okay let's change it to this thing now. Mm-hmm. All right. And then that book ends with her going, like telling the parents, her real parents, like, I want to go back and live with my Connecticut family, and then they let her. Mm. So then she leaves again, mm. and then the third book, called uh, The Voice on the Radio, mm. uh, her boyfriend Reeve, uh, he's in college because he's a few years older than her mm. in. I think Boston, and then he uh, gets a job at the like local college radio station, and then he gets to like be a DJ for like a night or something. Okay. And he's like, "Wait a minute, I don't have anything to say," so he starts telling a uh, Janie's story, like and just airing out all the whole story and like everything she told him, like just like in confidence and stuff. And then you know people are riveted. So he kind of becomes like a little bit of a celebrity okay. telling these stories. Eventually, Janie and then her brother and sister, like, because then her sister's, uh, like, doing college visits. So then she <coughs> takes Janie and then one of their brothers to go visit uh, colleges in Boston. Right. And they're like, and we're going to, then we'll surprise Reeve. And then everybody loves Reeve. That's her boyfriend. Mm. Like, the whole family, like, God. He's just the best, and everyone's just like always like in love with him. It's like I think you all just want to like date him. <laughs> he's just he's so cool and, and nice and amazing. But then they hear him, you know, spilling all her secrets on the radio, and then they get really mad at him. Okay. And then they kind of break up, and then that book ends with her finally going, "All right, we need to talk." Like finally, maybe they'll just have some sort of resolution. And then the fourth book, called What Janie Found, is uh, her, the father, her Connecticut father, so not a real one, like the one that raised her, uh, mm. he has like a stroke and a heart attack, I think, so he's sort of in a coma. Mm. And then, so she's going through all the, uh, like, taxes and paperwork and stuff, because, you know, the mom can't handle it, because she's sort of like a weak, frail woman at this point. And mm-hmm. then... She finds that he had been sending money to Hannah, like, the whole time. Okay. And then, and he hadn't said anything, like, to the FBI or anything, because they're looking for her. Because, oh. you know, because of the whole kidnap thing. Right. And then, so it turns out, and then he's sending money to, uh, like, a safety deposit box in, or no, like a P.O. box, I think, in a... In right. Boulder, Colorado, I think. Right. And that so happens to be where Janie's uh, older brother, Stephen, is going to college. So she kind of wants to go and confront in, Hannah, incognito. the kidnapper. Yeah. And then she, under the guise of... Of visiting her of brother. Of visiting her brother. Yeah. And then, and then there's all sorts of subplots. Like, these books, they shift perspective, okay. like, a lot. So you get her perspective, and then... 
Reeve's perspective and then her sister's perspective and like each of her brother's perspectives and the parents' perspectives. Mm. Like, and it's all like third person like that. And then, then eventually that one ends with her deciding not to meet her or confront her. And instead, like the father had kept, uh, like some sort of just banking account separate where he was paying her. So she just gives her all the money that was in that banking account and just like leaves a note and says like, it's over. This is it. Mm. You're not going to get any more money. Okay. And then that for a long time was the last book. Cause I think it was the face on the melt carton came out in like 88. <coughs> right. The second one, 92. Okay. The third one, 96. Fourth one, 2000. Mm. And then it ends, like it ends with a lie, like something like, but you know, she found what she found was her family or something. And it's mm. like, okay, okay, that works. And it's a nice little ending. All right. Yeah. And it kind of leaves the whole cult and Hannah thing sort of mysterious. All right. Like you don't really know why she did it mm. or if that cult is still out there. Like if they told her to do it or if it yeah. was just something she did on her own. Right. And then, uh, well, first there's a little short, like e book short story. Okay. That is, uh, there's a band in the third book called, uh, I think it's like the Violent Assassins or something. Okay. And there's some sort of like rock group that gets played on the college station. Okay. So they know, they heard all like the Janie stories and then eventually they become a huge band and then they write a song about her. Mm. And she's like, oh no, I just wanted to be like anonymous and not have, you know, everybody know my story. Mm. But then Hannah sees that she's like oh that bitch that bitch that ruined my life because <laughs> yeah because oh it's terrible and then so that leads into the final book which is called Janie face to face which is a lie because she's never face because you think right you think what do you think of when you hear that title confrontation right <laughs> they never meet in the book they're never face to face oh, okay for the entire book okay and this is like the longest one by far it's like 600 pages oh god it's insane oh gosh and then <laughs> so it's Janie finally she graduates high school and what? really okay goes, well all the books take place over like a year or two like the first four okay and then the fifth one she's in college and this one suddenly jumps like it shows her a little bit in the first year and then, then she's, like, in the second year of college. Okay. And uh, it turns out this, uh, there's this author, uh, like, a true crime author, mm. who wants to write a book about Janie and the whole thing. Right. And then he hires, uh, like, and he does some, like, shady stuff. Like, he hires uh, other, like, college, like, creative writing majors, like, to, like, spy on her okay. and like one like pretends to be like a boy who's interested in her mm. but then like he's been like spying on her and trying to get information the whole time okay and then it's like sending emails and stuff to the family okay. being like hey i'm writing this book and then so there's that plot line and then it's revealed that the the book he's writing is called the happy kidnap okay. and they're like well that's sort of and it seems and it seems pretty pro Hannah, oddly. That's mm. sort of strange, right? Okay. And then uh 
the second plot line is Janie, uh, her and Reeve get back together and they decide to get married. But they want to do it really fast in like a month. So that there's like a bunch of the book is just dedicated to them like getting ready for the wedding. That has to happen really fast for some reason. Oh man, that, that's how she I, wrote. I bet there's something exciting that's gonna happen. Yeah, but that's like the majority of the book. Like the plot line is like, how are we gonna get this wedding going on? And it's like, that's not all that thrilling. Like it's so. That's like the narrative propulsion of the not most of the novel. Okay. And then, and then her <laughs> sister has this dumb subplot where she does a mission year in Haiti, and then she's all like, oh. It's so, it's so sad, these, these children in Haiti, you know, and I feel like I want to do more to help these poor souls. God, they don't even know what a television is, and I'm complaining about having to do my things, and it's all, it's so like, you could cut it all out. Like, it's so pointless. It's like, no one cares about her mission trip to Haiti. Mm. And then... And then, like, her brothers all have subplots, too. It's all just... Okay. And then her uh, Connecticut parents, like, they've, like, moved into a nursing home. And it's, like, really sad. Because, like, he's had the stroke and stuff, so he can, like, barely talk. And he can't really take care of himself. And then the wife is just there, like, withering away. Having to live in this nursing home. Okay. And then... The third major plot is Hannah. And it's basically at the end of every chapter, uh, there's a heading that says, like, the first piece of the kidnapper's puzzle. And there's, like, ten of those. And it's just basically her story from the time she kidnapped Janie up to the present. Mm. And it's just, she's, like, the worst character, like, ever. And she's just, she's, like, a... Supreme, like, narcissist, mm. but she's, and she, like, complains about everything, and then it's, like, everything's always, like, God, it's so not fair, everything that happens, but then she's, but she thinks she's, like, the best still, and then it's just chapter after chapter of her, like, and now I can't even use my real name, so the only jobs I can get are, like, at maids and hotel rooms, and they're always so mean to me. And blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh my god. And it goes on and on and on. And then... So can you guess the twist? There's there's a twist? Yeah. Well, remember that author. Oh. Who's only communicating through email. Oh, it's... And is very pro-Hannah for some reason. Okay, yeah. It turns out it's Hannah. Okay. That was doing it the whole time. Okay. And then... And then she eventually... So that was her, like, plan. I feel like I've been too bored to figure her, out that there's twists. Her crazy plan is that, like, she's going to write this book, and it's going to make all of them look bad, and she's going to tell, like, the real story. <laughs> How it's really... She's the victim here, and all of them have a great life, and she has to live in the poverty, even though her father's sending her money, and blah, blah, blah. And she's just so terrible, and there's, like, nothing interesting... About the character either. And then the cult is like... Has like almost nothing to do with it. They were just sort of mean to her and the cult too. And they're just like... Yeah, shut up, Hannah. And she's like, what? But I thought I was special. And they're like, no. And they just broke up years ago. So she's just like hanging out. And she just kidnapped her just like... Just because. She's like, oh. 
the because she she had stolen like a car earlier in the day and it was really fun so she's like oh it would even be more thrilling if you like stole a kid and then she like and then she doesn't she's successful and like because she gets abducted from a mall mm. and then but then like so she's driving away and she's like well now i'm gonna do this kid she just drops it off at her parents, and she's like, oh, and then they'll, like, get framed for the kidnapping, and I'll get revenge on my parents, who've always just been really nice to me. <laughs> but then they, but then they like, flee and change their names and stuff, so they never even know what's going on, and then... Oh, my God. <laughs> and they never get caught for anything, so it's, and she's like, God damn it! <laughs> so it's all just a dumb thing? Yeah. And it just, it like, ruins, like, everything. It, yeah, I'm just then, like... No, all right. So then the climax is they're having the wedding. But then, like, Hannah's, like, coming for him, too. But then she shows up at uh, the nursing home on the day of the wedding. But it turns out, but then those, the two parents are at the wedding. So nobody's there. And then they just call the cops and they arrest her. And that's it. And there's never any kind of confrontation. Then she just gets married. And then... She makes this whole big deal of the book where, like, she doesn't, she wants to change her name or to start going by Jenny, finally, instead of Janie, like her real name. So then she gets married as Jenny Spring, and then uh, Shields is the last name of her, of Reeve, her boyfriend. So then she becomes uh, Jenny Shields at the end. And it's like, and then, and Janie Johnson disappeared forever. And that's the end of the book. This sounds like a terrible ending. It is. It's really awful. <laughs> I was really upset about it. It's And it's so long. It's so long. <laughs> it's like you could have cut half the book out. And this... it might have been... So, it would, still would have been bad, but at least it wouldn't have been 600 pages. <laughs> I mean, well, personally, I have this, like, this thing where I just can't read anything past 300 pages. <laughs> it's mostly based on the idea that, like, oh... A writer is writing this book, and he's going to have the same writing style throughout this entire book. And then, but the horrible thing is then, because eh. she, like, gave, there's, like, an interview then in the back mm. of the book. Mm. And then, so she explains, like, sort of what was the inspiration for each of the books. And so the first one, it's the concept, you know, which is interesting, like, what if you saw your own face mm. on a missing child's thing. Right. And the second <coughs> one, like, well, whatever happened to her? And then the third one, I guess, like, her son, like, worked at a college radio thing, so that, like, inspired her for that one. And then the fourth one was, like, the idea of, like, what if you were going through, like, a sick or dead parent's, like, belongings and then found, like, something, like, shocking that, like, changed their whole perspective on everything. Mm -hmm. And then this one, it's, like, her editor or something was just, like, well, like, do they ever get married, though? Oh, and also make it a thriller. So she's, like... Oh, okay. And then it's just as... So there's just a huge wedding thing. And then a whole bunch of Hannah nonsense. And it's just all terrible. Especially because the fourth book ends and it's fine. It's like, yeah, it's a nice ending. And it's like, let's do another one. I don't know so what to say. It's a bad book. It's a great book series and just with a horrible oh and then no finally what you said like at the beginning mm. how it's yeah the timeline the timeline and so you think so like in the first book or two like there's mention of like there's sort of mention of the internet and how it's like first coming up 
So yeah. people are like, oh, that internet thing. I'm sort of kind of scared of that because, you know, who could be out there? Mm. And then she like, there's like a mention of how she learned how to type like on a typewriter. <coughs> but then finally in the, th- in the final <coughs> book, which should be probably set in what, like 93 or 94. Yeah. Like they have iPads and Facebook and it's all just like set in like 2014 and it doesn't make any sense. So it doesn't line up at all. Mm, there's not much to say. No, there isn't. It's very. It's because it it's sounds very disappointing. Because it sounds like crap. It is. <laughs> it's not. Oh, it's very. It was. It sounds like crap, and since we kind of dispelled any sense of the supernatural element to it, there's nothing else to talk about. But like, it could have been. Like, God, if Hannah was just, like, not such just, like, like a crappy character. Like, she's not, like, believable at all. And it's just, like, she's the bad guy. But she's also, like, pathetic and not very smart. And, like, and she's, like, like old and fat now. And it's just, like, ugh. But, like, she thinks she's still beautiful. And, like, she's just, like, kind of crazy. Okay. And then she has this whole cult thing that she just kind of abandons. Them. So yeah, it's like, oh, maybe, maybe the cult thing could be like a thing. It's yeah, like, God, like maybe like she was gonna get like sacrificed or something, and then, but then maybe she backed the, out of the last minute, or or maybe the whole cult could come after. Her. Like, yeah, that would have been interesting. It's like a war. I don't know. I don't know what to say. And then there's a subplot where one of her brothers, like, it's almost like. He sort of is like Hannah in a way where like his life doesn't go the way he wanted it to. And it's like, oh, are they going to have like him join a cult? Like, no, mm. that should be a side issue. But no, he just kind of, he's just there. I'm pretty glad that I didn't read this. Janie face to face. This whatever series. But the series is good. Just, <coughs> I would say if you're going to read the series, just don't read that last book. Just pretend like. The fourth one is the final book. Okay. Yeah. Because then, cause then, at least with the fourth one, you're sort of disappointed that you never meet Hannah. But then once you actually meet her in the, in the fifth one, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> this is not how I thought it would be. No. <laughs> and it's still, and it's like, well, what happened when Janie grew up? And it's still like, but she's still like 20 in the final book. It's like, why not just do a time jump? Like, have her be in her 30s in modern day. Like, why instead have it be a weird, not, be like, the, have the time not match up. Yeah. Just so you can, like, write Facebook into it. Is it important that they have yeah, iPads of. or Facebook? Okay. Well, they're like, well, kind of like Facebook was almost like the new milk cartons. It's like, but that would have taken place like four years ago then in this timeline. What are you talking about? There wouldn't have been milk cartons. It doesn't make any sense. And then it's all this whole rush for her to like to get married like when she's 20. It's like, why didn't you just have it like she's like an adult and like has like a job. And then it's like, oh, okay. And then you guys are getting married. Cool. And it's like, <laughs> no, it has to be like, and we got to do it now. 
This sounds so bad. Yeah, it is really. It's not good. I just and I just came out of like a feminism course, and I'm just thinking this is terrible. And the whole Haiti thing. It's like, oh, this is so like ham fisted. And you know, like she took her sewing machine there and a few like garments and she made dresses for all the little girls and they loved it so much. And then the sewing machine was stolen and she was so sad. <laughs> oh my god. And that's only a subplot. Has the writing, writing gotten better? No. The okay. writing's alright. Like, it's not particularly... Like, like, have you seen an evolution in her writing style that... No. ...that you like or dislike? Or maybe that it's just stayed the same throughout yeah, this entire... Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's just the same. Okay. Like, it's pretty basic, but it worked in, like, the first couple because... It's like, about you a young the adult. the concept and, yeah, and... It's, yeah. But it really just seemed like... Almost just like a cash grab. Like, all right... Well, because what do, what do the readers want? Well, they want a wedding, and they want Hannah to get caught. So let's just do it in the cheesiest, dumbest way possible. <laughs> and also make it, like, the length of two of the other books. Let's double the length. Half the actual content. Yeah. Cut the quality in half. Yeah. I don't uh, know what to say to this. Oh, but the first ones are so good. I don't know. Like, I almost want to do, like... Like a Netflix like adaptation, and just fix everything. <laughs> <laughs> a Netflix adaptation would it be called the face on the milk carton? Probably. Okay. Yeah, that's probably what it have to it have to be called. Or you could just do each book as like a little mini series. But it would be called the, the face. Last... It'd be called the face of the milk carton seasons one, two, three, four. Well. Well, it's like, you know, like how in uh, England, House of Cards was like three different shows. Like it had three different titles. Oh, yeah. That's because. That's yeah. how I do it. Okay. That's how you would do it. That's a lot, that's how a lot of shows in uh, Japan does it. Is that when they have a new season, they just name it something else. And therefore, it's a new thing. Yep. That's what I like. Yeah. All right. So we're done, right? Yeah, we're done. We just need to list these. Okay. All right. So, Kimmy Schmidt and Grimm. Kimmy Schmidt and Grimm, huh? Oh my god. And then we can... Next week, we'll talk about uh, some better things. Okay, sure. Right? Yeah. Wink. Wink, wink. We'll talk about something scary. Or should we tell... Should we say what they are? Oh, hold on. So that people can watch them. Hold on. We'll rate first and then we'll decide. Now, is this going to be all weird for you because we're doing like double? So now all the numbers are going to be crazy. Oh, yeah, the numbers are pretty much going to be crazy. So we're just going to have to say the, the, mm -hmm. the titles of where it's in between. And just so you know, these better be exact. Because <laughs> if I like go and look at the list, I'm like, wait a minute. That was supposed to be above, uh, what is it, tomorrow? That <laughs> frequency. I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> Or, or maybe, like, we put in the same... Yeah, uh, so there's, like, well, which one is better than yeah, what? Yeah, which one is better than that? And it's just like, yeah, okay. Well, we, we never established that. Okay, whatever. All right, so... What was it again? Your, Grim your, and Unbreakable okay. Kimmy Schmidt. 
Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Can we just put that at the last um, thing? No. Okay. Best to be. Well, how about, uh, I don't know, above WrestleMania 33? Sure. Okay. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt above WrestleMania 33 and under The Accountants. And then Hannah, right? No. What's the next one? Grim. Grim. <laughs> And I should say that the ending, I was I was more emotionally affected by it than I thought I was going to be. Like, I'm like, oh, it, it is over. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it's kind of the same feeling that I got for my thing, Kimono Friends. So it's like, oh, it's over. I kind of feel sad about it now. <laughs> Even though, like, yeah, whatever. Even if I had those problems with it. Because I do tend to get, like, really into shows. But I thought like, Grimm, I'm like, I've always kind of had it at a little bit of a distance. There, there was there was this moment that happens in the, fi- in the finale of the of of my show. And it was where all the friends that she's helped before comes in <laughs> to save the day. Because, like, oh no, there's this huge thing that's happening. And then it's just like, oh no, we're, we're all here. And we're, we're here to save you. And whatever. And that that was that made me like tear up a bit. I, I was very I was kind of emotional at that point. Anyways, I don't know. It's like a middle of the pack thing I would expect, but um, but it's not, like but it's something that kind of kept up its pace mm-hmm. over time. Hmm. How about under Nosferatu the Vampire, and above Ash the versus the Evil Dead. Hmm. All right, I still I don't know why eleven twenty two sixty three is so high. Like I have just whenever I see that I'm like, well, it's better than that. <laughs> like, well, I I think we were discussing it because uh, well, that high we placed that high was because of the ending and now, uh, and it's like because well, I didn't like the ending, so I, that's why it's like that low. Uh, okay, you didn't like the ending. Yeah, actually, not not very sure why we put it up there. But anyways, I know there. Like, All right, is, and then what was yours? Uh, Kimono friends. There's also a point in the fi- in the finale where they sacrifice their lives, where they're like, "Oh, you, like you always thought that I was like kind of dim-witted and slow, but you know what? I'll protect you." And then she dies, kind of, and then she doesn't die. <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh wait, no, we're actually here to save you." So maybe. Right under Jellyfish Princess and above Fate Grand Order, First Order. Sure. Okay. All right, now where's Janie face to face going? Oh this man, is only we could, the final we, book. We could we could really just put this at the bottom, can't we? It's a yeah. book too. It's a book too. Yeah. So that means we can just down, yep. down, down. And I just have to say, if Caroline uh, <laughs> B. Cooney, if you're listening, I loved the other books. So I'm not trying to besmirch you in any way. He's just saying that. I'm just, I just didn't like this last one, all right? He's maybe just, it's because I'm just too invested, you know, and it just didn't go my way. What I, I think he's just saying that your motivation for making this particular novel was very, very poor. Right, and then she said, like, how she wasn't entirely comfortable with, like, writing about adults, too. Like, she's more of a... Yeah. <coughs> Yeah, okay. But, you know, if you did another one, I'd, I'd be there. I'd read it. Janie actually face-to-face. Maybe if she actually has... She visits of... the jail? Yeah. 
And then it'd and probably then, be some sort of like mental asylum or something. Oh no, no, no. yeah, she. They have like this the 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 glass thing, and they, they like talk maybe, to each other through phones. Like maybe like her daughter gets kidnapped, <laughs> so she has to go visit her to like get into the mind of a kidnapper. Oh my gosh! Wait, well, or or like you you know, uh, it, it could just all be like that that scene where they 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 just meet in that room mm-hmm. and they and they just talk to each other on the phone and they and it, it's 400,000 pages oh my god <laughs> and, like if Hannah was a more interesting character I'd like be into that but but but, but it's just that room and they never leave and they keep <laughs> talking to each other and then we cut back to everyone else and they're just like having a normal day or something <laughs> and nothing happens yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, okay, so next time on A Million Media to Consume Before You Die. We're going to be talking about uh, John Carpenter. Now, are we just talking about the movies you watched, or are we going to kind of do a whole... I think we can talk about the whole thing. Cool. Because, uh, yeah, we've watched pretty much every one of them. And yeah, I haven't seen some of... His newest A couple one? of his later ones. <laughs> but, like, one, I think I've only not seen one. Yeah. I've seen the rest of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, you can find us on Twitter uh, at PopCultureLoser. That's me. And at TheClimbingProd. That's me. You can also visit our website, which is... I, I would have to... At some point, I will actually link the document where it has the ratings on there. Looks like it's a dash million dash media dash to consume dash before dash you dash die dot pinecast dot co alright until next time don't get kidnapped and if you do you know just keep an eye on those milk cartons yeah